0: Welcome to A Pair of Bookends, the book club you can carry anywhere. I'm your host, Hannah MacDonald, and I'm hopefully your new bookish pal. For today's episode, I am once again apologising because my audio is not the best because my boyfriend has to work from home sometimes uh which means that I am kicked out of the office and cannot use his microphone so i am unfortunately using my laptop uh maybe i should get a portable microphone but in this economy <laughs> it has not been uh the first thing on the top of my list but i promise you i will try my best to get better audio as I have seen a lovely lady who enjoys the podcast commented on our Spotify a bit ago saying that she enjoys the podcast but she is not so happy about the audio and for this I can only apologise. I am trying my best and... On that note, I am recording alone today as Lydia had childcare issues, which meant that she wasn't able to record. Uh, but I hope that you enjoy this episode of the brilliant BK Borison, who may have converted me into a romance author on today's show. For today's bonus book special episode, we are getting ourselves deep in the festive spirit with BK Borison. BK Borison is a romance author based in Baltimore. Her festive feel-good romance series Love Like Farms is unsurprisingly a TikTok sensation and has received praise from many romance fan favourites including Hannah Grace, Elena Armas and Tessa Bailey. With comparisons to Gilmore Girls for the festive small town swoon, this series is out now and published by Pam Macmillan and is one you all need to immediately add to your Christmas lists. I am so excited to have the one and only BK Morrison joining me today. So welcome
1: to a pair of bookends. Thank you so much. That was so lovely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. I'm so thrilled to be joined by you. And as many of our listeners will know, I am, to be honest, neither me or Lydia are massive fans of romance. So I'm always sceptical about delving into that. And to be fair, I have come at it from quite a snobbish perspective, I would say, because... I try romance books and the ones that I have read this year I've really enjoyed so I don't know why I'm still of the opinion that I probably won't like a romance book when evidence says otherwise but I am completely obsessed with Love Light Farms. I have read, we were sent the first in the series and I am sold, completely sold and I'm immediately buying the rest of the series so thank you for, for writing this. <laughs>
1: Well, I love, I love winning over the reluctant, I call them my reluctant romantic, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's so strange, though. I think it is just that the medium of books that I'm so kind of scared to approach romance books, because I think I've read some in the past when I was much younger that had these like, very cringy scenes that weren't, they weren't kind of enjoyable romance. It was just too much cringe for me. And it was like, not believable enough. Does that make sense?
1: Totally I think too when you with holiday romance especially it can like it can very easily tip into this world of like unbelievable like Mm. it's too much good stuff and like like sickeningly sweet
0: yeah Um, that's the word yeah sickeningly sweet (laughs) but this was not that so we before we get into your book we always like to start our interviews by asking what
1: you are currently reading Currently, so I am working my way through Iron Flame. It's huge. I wasn't expecting it to be as big as it is. Yeah. Um, so I'm working through that. And then I just took a little a little sidestep into Jessica Joyce, who's one of my favorite contemporary romance writers, just published a novelette called A Risk Worth Taking. And it's holiday-ish. Uh, and I just, I consumed it in like two hours. It was delicious. I loved it. I think she's so talented. Um. So that's what I'm reading right now.
0: Amazing. We have just bought ourselves a copy of Fourth Wing because we wanted to Kind of. we, we were seeing too much of the hype and we were too enthused yes. about it all. So we're getting sucked into that as well. Um, and for our listeners, we're going to be doing an episode on fourth wing. So you can see what our thoughts are going to be for that. Now onto your book, Love Light like Farms. It is a series. I believe that you've got a fourth one in the series coming out. And that is the final one. Is that right?
1: Correct. It's the fourth and final. Each book is um, represents a different series at the or a different season at the farm. Um, love light is winter and the weeds is spring mixed signals is summer and then the fourth and final business casual will be fall
0: amazing I I, I love that and readers can read these as standalone books but it would be much more fun to engage with the whole series because this whole world that you've crafted is just so beautiful and As I said in my intro, you know, it's received comparisons to Gilmore Girls. How do you feel about that comparison?
1: Oh, it's lovely. (laughs) I (laughs) I mean, everyone
0: loves Gilmore Girls.
1: I I really wanted to, I, I started writing it during COVID um, and I had just had a newborn little little girl. My husband works in medicine, so I was alone with a newborn a lot during COVID and I really wanted a place to disappear to that felt good and wholesome and happy and comforting. And so I really wrote Love Light like, like for me as a place to like stretch my brain and just go somewhere different that felt good and More Girls I grew up watching it was obsessed with it mm-hmm. and so that comparison to me is really special because mm-hmm. Gilmore Girls has always been like a comfort show and to have a to create a book that feels like a comfort book and a good safe place for people to disappear to that makes me happy so it's exactly what I was hoping for when I wrote it
0: for sure and it is It has the same sort of feel that Gilmore Girls gives me. Now, I'm going to say something now, and I might lose some listeners for it, but I haven't actually watched the whole of Gilmore Girls. I watched so many random episodes when I was younger, because I'm a 90s baby, and we didn't have the joy of streaming platforms when I was Correct. younger so I would just watch whatever episode was on tv I never watched it in order I was just watching whatever was on and then now it's on and I'll just put again I'll just put a random episode on so I've never actually watched it the whole way through and when I've been looking on social media and seeing people comparing Love Like Farms to Girl Girls it's made me really want to watch the full series again because it just gives that sort of like your book gave me the same thing in that it's just so comforting and it's sort of like a an addictive thing, like you want to be a part of the story, you want to be a part of this world, this like small town vibe, like I'm from a city in the UK, like I want to be living in this little small town world with the little coffee shops and the, everyone knows each other and it's this like really like nuanced, beautiful community and I just got that, the total sense of that atmosphere in, in your book and I am going to ask you about the setting in just a moment but I firstly wanted to mention that in your acknowledgments, you mention you thank an Annie and you Mm -hmm. say that Annie was your gateway drug into romance novels. And I wanted to know, did you always know you were going
1: to write romance? I so I had the the hope that like, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a writer in a way that people want to be like an astronaut or a professional Mm -hmm. soccer player, or what have you. I loved reading. I was a voracious reader as a as a kid. Um, and I always wanted to write a book, but I never, I don't know, you grow up and it feels like a kid dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wrote a lot. Of, <laughs> I wrote a lot of fan fiction. And I always, whenever I say that, I say, I won't say which fandom I wrote for. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> because, because but I wrote a lot of fan fiction. I read a lot of fan fiction and that sort of satisfied the itch for mm-hmm. me to like stretch my creative muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Annie, who is my um, best friend uh, she, she gave me a copy of the hating game and was like, read this. And then I read it. I loved it. And then it sort of, it drew me back into the world of reading as an adult mm-hmm. um, because I sort of floated away. And so I just, I was re back into the world of reading through romance became obsessed with it. Just the happy, glowy, good feeling that you get when you read romance. And there's so much, there's so much talent in the, in the genre. now. not that there always has been, but I've, I've just really been enjoying sinking back into it. Um, and then I was, and she was like, you know, you should, you should try and just see. And so, you know, I tried and we saw <laughs> and it's been it's been a wild whirlwind. Love Light is the first original piece I've written and I, I wrote it sort of thinking, let's just see what happens. And it has it has exceeded any any sort of expectation I had for it. But it's been it's been really fun for me.
0: You were just saying then, sorry, about the, the Hating Game. And um, is the, the Hating Game is the one that was adapted for Amazon Prime. Am I right in thinking
1: that? Correct. Yeah, it's by yeah. Sally, Sally Thorne
0: would that would you say like that was that was the one that was the gateway into your romance journey?
1: Well, it's funny because I so I discovered like the old step back, the old historical romances. I remember when I was a kid way too young to be reading them. Um, we were staying at my aunt and uncle's beach house, and I opened a like her game closet door, and it was like floor to ceiling filled with the old historical romance, like all the spines broken in and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, Ooh, me, the readings. like so. I would say that was like my first like pull into romance, but yeah, definitely the Hating Game like brought me back into it. Mm-hmm. As I was like, I, so- I think I sort of forgot that books like, ro- like rom- romance existed, like that there were books that were solely the sole purpose was to make you feel good. And I think I got lost a little bit along the way with there's this perception that I think among some adults that reading should be educational or like highbrow or it should be... Yeah not that romance is that just in a different way so I think I got sidelined by that and I stopped reading for fun and then romance and I started reading for fun again and it's it's joyful in a way that few things are so
0: yeah yeah. I I love that and I think you're so right you know like there are so many kind of like serious literary snobs out there and like I, I joked to you before that you know that I felt that way about romance a little bit But I was just convinced, I think, from books that I'd read when I was younger, that I just wouldn't enjoy other romance novels. But I think that different genres feed different parts of yourself. And it's kind of, it's really good as a reader to be quite open minded. Like you wouldn't kind of shut off watching something maybe as much as people do with their books. You know, they Mm -hmm. might be more open minded about like trying out different TV series or different films more so than they would with certain books. But I am so glad that I, I read your book and I, I'm going to be raving about it for so long. I already sent a picture to my best friend this morning and I was like, listen, <laughs> you are going to love this book. And how I describe it to her is that it's going to make her horny and hungry. And I feel like... <laughs>
1: I'm gonna use that as my new tagline horny and hungry I I,
0: that was what I started with and then (laughs) I knew that would get her attention and then I was like okay so it's like really festive really feel good vibes like it's not you you have this kind of like deafness with the way that you explore you know these aren't just as we were saying before about like the sickeningly sweet stuff that you can find in romance these characters have like pasts that aren't perfect you know they have these complex nuanced paths and you do it in such a way that's like it doesn't feel too heavy but it also doesn't kind of ignore the fact that those things happen to them I mean like how did you go about like crafting those characters and finding that balance
1: I wanted them to feel real and perfect and genuine because it makes it more satisfying I think Mm. um when they find their way to each other and I think with this one specifically um The premise is Stella owns a Christmas tree farm that's struggling financially, um, and she enters a contest to win money for the farm. Um, However, in her application for the contest, she says that she owns the farm with her boyfriend to make it seem more romantic. There is no boyfriend. So she asks her best friend Luca to fill that fill that role for her. And Stella and Luca have been friends for almost 10 years. And I needed to find a reason why they had never crossed that bridge with one another. Um, And so crafting Stella as a character and like why she has all these hesitations to take her relationship further, even though she wants that. And that's something she really wants with Luca. And Luca, and why hasn't he you know, pushed her because he knows her fears and her hesitations. So just trying to like build this relationship between two characters that know each other so well and love each other so deeply and the things that are holding them back from taking that step with each other.
0: I I just love these two characters. And for the the rest of the series, I've had a quick look, but I didn't want to I, I don't want to spoil anything. But for readers like me that have only read the first book, what have they got to look forward to for the rest of the series?
1: Well, the joy for me that's been really fun about writing a series of four books that are standalones but interconnected is that we still see Stella and Luca in each book. Just that's what a- I was
0: worried about. So I'm very happy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we, 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 we very they're very much involved because the story still takes place on the same farm in the same town. But it's it's been such a joy for me to like write a different couple but have Stella and Luca still in the background, moving through their own relationship milestones and growing closer, you know, having and watching them interact as separate characters. And as a couple with the couple of that story. And I've had such a, I had such a problem, not problem, just I was dragging my feet on this fourth book. Cause I knew it was the last in the series and I didn't want to say goodbye to the characters. So like there's a lot of all four couples in this final book. Cause I just wanted them together as much as possible. So lots of Stella and Luca. Throughout the series, but especially I think in the fourth one, because I wanted everyone to feel good about saying goodbye to these characters and knowing where they are and that they're all very happy. Um, so yes, they are very involved in everybody's story.
0: I'm so pleased. And um, yeah, I'm I'm as I said before, I'm so excited to get to the rest of it. But I'm I don't want to hear any spoilers, so I'm not gonna None. I just got it to <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to kind of touch base with you and find out what we've got to look forward to. Now we were talking before about And I've mentioned a couple of times now about the Gilmore Girls comparison, but there is this small town. Stella lives in a small town and there is this incredible cast of characters that you've created. And, And I want to know a bit more about the setting and about this cast of characters. She owns a Christmas tree farm she works on this Christmas tree farm and she works on it with Beckett and Layla. Layla works in the bakehouse. Beckett, I don't actually know what Beckett's job role is. He works <laughs> on the, he works on the farm and does like handyman bits, I guess. Like I didn't yeah. know what his exact job title was, but they have this like beautiful little friendship group. Um, and then they have like all these people in there, in a small town. Um, you know, they have Miss Beatrice that works at the coffee shop, who is a bit of a snake when it comes to making people's coffees. You know, she's like... Yeah unless she really likes you you're not getting a good caffeinated hazelnut latte it's the end of <laughs> you've got the the police that work in that small town it's just brilliantly curated um so I'd love to know um what was sort of the did you have a research process with um this setting with the Christmas tree farm with this small town um you know did it have any particular inspirations and and how did you kind of go about creating this cast of characters
1: well i wanted to create a place that was that was like my hope for an ideal community like very nosy but well-intentioned like mm. in each other's business but with love diverse inclusive kind to one another even if it's not perfect mm-hmm. so it's definitely very like an ideal like setting but I felt like when I was writing it at the time that's what I wanted like I know that small towns in America especially are not always the most welcoming and kind but I wanted this place to be like wholesome and good and like everybody everybody's in each other's business and wants to know what's going on but like with love and kindness and joy and not anything gross or weird so that said I live I live in Maryland I grew up here and we're a small state with weird like you it's funny like I get reviews sometimes like there's no place geographically that exists like this but there is so on the on the eastern shore of Maryland there's a lot of farmlands um, and it's right before the coast, right before the beach. So it's very much based on that area of Maryland. My parents, my parents have a home there. Um, and so I'm used to driving through farmlands to get to where they are. And it's just always felt like like a secluded place where like a community like this could exist. And so I based it on that. And then the characters just felt like writing them was was really fun because i just wanted to create people that were sort of just like weirdos who love each other, you know, and are very invested in one another's lives. Um i think Gus is probably my favorite. He's one of the firefighters who's just like a character and a half. But i very much wanted to be like Gomorrah girl, wanted to create something like Gomorrah girls and that the characters all have like very strong personalities and identities and they serve a purpose in this community and they all function together. So yeah, that's a long-winded way of saying i just wanted to write a place that felt good you know
0: Mm, yeah and I feel like I need to come and visit your parents (laughs) your parents down I want to visit this ideal place because this was beautiful and I also kind of don't understand where people are (laughs) coming from in the reviews you know if if they've said things like that that this doesn't this place doesn't exist like I we're reading fiction like I well it does yeah but we're reading fiction at the end of the day like and I want to you know there's so much so many terrible things happen in the world like it's sometimes just good to dive into a book and escape from all the terrible things in the world and to feel like you know there are good people out there that good people do exist and I want to you know I want to just stay in this setting and be like no this is such a wholesome like beautiful place and these people are so like lovely and and as you said well-intentioned and yeah I want to be a part of this (laughs)
1: place. Wouldn't it be be nice if the worst thing that happens in your day is like the woman who makes the best lattes in your town gives you sass for it. Like (laughs) sometimes it would be nice just like to be known in your community and to be cared for and to walk down the street and have people know who you are and what's going on in your life and care about it. Um, It just felt like at the time when I was writing it, it felt very much something that was missing and something that I was craving and something that I think other people have responded to really well as something they need you know
0: yeah I I think a lot about neighborhoods and communities and how I feel like we've kind of I mean I don't know if it's the same in America obviously I'm speaking from growing up in Manchester in the UK and I don't feel like I feel like since we got social media we've lost sort of a large part of a large sense of community I don't feel like we look to our neighbors as much as they would have done when like say my nan and granddad were younger Like my nan and granddad always talk about the fact that like you know they know everybody on the street they know everybody's stories because that's what they grew up with that was like a, a normal thing for you to know like the name of the person that owns the shop around the corner or the person mm-hmm. that owns the cafe around the corner like it was a very normal thing for everybody to kind of know each other but I feel like we've sort of lost that in the age of social media on the topic of social media I wanted to ask you how you felt about social media and the way that it's impacted you as an author. Because, like, if anybody searches Love Light Farms on TikTok, like, there are so many videos that people have created, and the same on Instagram as well. But I specifically looked at TikTok before. There are so many videos that people have created. So, how what's your relationship to social media been like as an author?
1: I'm I'm so grateful for it as an author specifically because it has allowed me to reach so many people. When I I first wrote Love Light, I was like, just do it put it out there, see what happens. I didn't have an Instagram before I started. It was like the week before I came out, I was like, Oh, i make making this. I had no idea what to post. I didn't know what to talk about. And then it just, it really like became this thing on its own. And it was bewildering to watch a little bit because I couldn't conceive of the fact that I wrote this book that resonated so much with people that they're making content based on it. And it was such a cool, wonderful, like, heartwarming thing to watch something you made have other people make stuff based on something you made and it was just it's it's a like a little piece of my heart and my head mm-hmm. and other people's hearts and heads and it's just it's a really it's wild and <laughs> it is yeah warm-
0: I can imagine
1: yeah, um, and I'm really but, grateful for like just the traction And this time of year is always big for Love Light because it's the holiday season. And so I always see sort of an uptick on social content. And it's really it's I love watching it reach new readers this time of year.
0: So Love Light Farms was published in the UK this year. But when did it come out in the US? So I
1: I self published it in 2021, and then it was picked up by Berkeley last year. Um, and it was traditionally published by Berkeley and Pan Macmillan jointly in June 2023.
0: Amazing! And I bet that's been a wild journey of thinking you're going into something, (laughs) self publishing it, and then it to be picked up by publishers both in the UK and the US. Uh, Mm -hmm. Did you Did you imagine that it would it would happen like this?
1: I had no idea. I didn't. I mean, you have hopes, right? I yeah. had seen the success of Elena Armas with Spanish Love Deception, where she self-published and it got picked up traditionally. Um, and it's happening more and more for independent writers to get picked up by traditional publishing houses. But I really just was like, let's do it, let's finish out the full series as an indie author um and see what happens. And then I signed with an agent last year because she reached out, and then I signed with Berkeley because they reached out, and then Penn Macmillan reached out, it was just, it's been like a domino falling of all these things happening mm-hmm. that I didn't think to prepare or have expectations around, but it's been, it, it still feels like a dream that I'm not quite sure how it happened, but I'm really happy about it.
0: <laughs> it's its very well deserved though, like
1: yeah. I'm i am so happy
0: for you that this has happened and I'm even more happy because it's, it's landed in our laps because it's come to the UK, which is just wonderful. Now I want to get on to... <laughs> something else in the book now and we've spoken on this podcast before and I slightly mentioned it earlier I hinted at it earlier but we've spoken on the podcast before about a well-written sex scene and (laughs) we love to talk about it because we all have sex so why can't we talk about it and it is safe to say that your sex scenes are very good (laughs) (laughs) two things to say about your sex scenes that i appreciated and respected and very much liked and have stuck with me one is that the putting on of protection never spoils Mm -hmm. the mood Mm -hmm. and two is that um the woman always has an orgasm and
1: finishes first (laughs) It's important. These are
0: very important details in sex scenes. And I wanted to know, you know, because I feel like that's something that we need to see represented in heterosexual relationships and and sex between a man and a woman you know we need to see that because Mm -hmm. too many especially like too many men have grown up being influenced by you know by watching porn and they Mm -hmm. they just see this very like rough aggressive version of sex and they don't Mm -hmm. see pleasure especially they don't see enough female pleasure so they don't kind of have an understanding of it so I just love reading about stuff like that. And I also think, you know, like sex is messy and it's complicated and you don't kind of shy away from any of that either. And it's still finding that that pleasure, even though, you know, they're they're laughing at the stuff that they're saying to each other whilst they're doing it. And it's all these sorts of things that like sex isn't perfect as it's portrayed. It doesn't need to be. So how how did you go about writing these sex scenes?
1: I wanted to, it, well, first of all, it was important for me to include Open Door Intimacy in my books because I think it's so important mm-hmm. to relationships. Um, I think it's an important part of like people finding their way to one another um, and, you know, establishing their how they work together. And it, I just, I'm a big proponent of sex positive relationships in literature, especially for women, because to your point, I think we always see through media that it's very male gazy like mm-hmm. we always sex portrayed from the male's perspective and like female bodies and like what they should look like and I just romance is wonderful to me because it puts the female pleasure center stage yeah and how a woman finds satisfaction from sex with her partner which I think is so important because we don't see it all that often and so that was that was sort of what I was going for and I think in a new relationship for Stella and Luca especially they've gone from being best friends and knowing each other so intimately that way Mm -hmm. to bridging the relationship relationship to something physical and getting to know each other in this new way but they're still you know if you know someone so well how do you know each other in this new way so it was it was fun watching them sort of like trip over one another trying Mm -hmm. to figure out this new part of their relationship and I wanted it to be honest and real and genuine and like you said laughing at each other they're saying these ridiculous things to one another but it's also kind of working you know so it's like sometimes sex is silly (laughs) yeah yeah while you figure out what works for you and what works for your partner but I also think it's wonderfully beautiful and honest when two people come together in that way so it's important for me to see that to write that to show that and it's an important part i think of a romantic journey between a couple i feel like you can't really write for me at least i have trouble writing a satisfying growth in relationship without watching how they work together intimately like that
0: mm-hmm. But you do it so well (laughs) I there were so many times when and I it's really annoyed me because I didn't I didn't fold the page down to remember what this particular line was but I was finishing it in bed last night and there was a certain page that I was on and I read a line and I was literally like my jaw dropped and I've seen other people having these reactions online to your book, so I know that this is not just this is not just me. Like there are certain lines in your book that are just like, okay, like you you have a talent for, um, and this has just become a complete compliment fest. So sorry about that. You. I, <laughs> but you know, there's how you manage to build that tension between them is mm. it just takes incredible talent because it doesn't it feels so satisfying when you get when you get to when you get to the the, yeah
1: (laughs) it's really it's really rewarding and it's fun for me as an author to sort of like build 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 step back like build build towards that thing that they're Mm. it's like I like to match the emotional journey they're taking with their physical journey so you know like it it matches up and when they get to that point they're like ready for it and it's like a payoff not just physically but like emotionally for the characters Mm. for the reader Um, and it serves the story you know they get to this point and I think in Love Light Farms especially like when you have when you bridge that physical gap with someone it jumbles up everything and I think we see that with Stella after where she's sort of like I'm not going to do spoilers but like I think you see it with (laughs) Stella after they become intimate and I just think it, it it's a catalyst for so many things in romance and with Lovelight, I was sort of trying to figure out where my comfort level was as a writer mm-hmm. and so I think I think as you read the books in the series you'll see how the sex scenes change a little bit as I become more comfortable with where like where my I trying to think where my range is <laughs> word. and it's been interesting too like each couple is different mm-hmm. and each couple needs different things at different times and it reflects very much in their physical relationship um, so I enjoy I, I think it's important to include that in mm. from- yeah there
0: has been uh, comments online about your range (laughs) over the series I saw um your the video that you shared earlier I think it was (laughs) it was the girl sat in the car and she's talking about I can't remember the content creator's name but she was sat in her car and she was talking about
1: was it the second or third book it was mixed signals the third book yes
0: and she just has this moment and she's like guys I can't like I I've never blushed so much at a book like this (laughs) so now I'm like okay I need to order the full rest of the series like I need to know what's going on now
1: (laughs) it's it's funny because like readers reactions to to spicy scenes to intimate scenes is so wide-ranging like I will have some people say it's like oh it's like one chili pepper I've had some people <laughs> say it's like 17 chili peppers it's just funny people's people's expectations and yeah. it, like what else they're reading I can tell what else people are reading by what they rate the yeah. spicy in my yeah. book but it's interesting and it's just the the dialogue around sex scenes and romance especially is so interesting to me.
0: Uh, Lydia has had uh has mentioned <laughs> on the podcast that she's in her Smart era this year she's been reading a lot of spicy books and I was so gutted that I couldn't have her on to talk about the the sex stuff because I know she would have wanted to speak about the spicy scenes in this book <laughs> so I'm here on her behalf to talk about that now for me what I always want to talk about is food because I am such a foodie and as I said before this book will make you horny and hungry I'm just going to say <laughs> it now the food in this book my God! Like the is it the peppermint bear claws that Layla's baking? We've got the the hazelnut lattes. We've got. The pumpkin pie. There's so much going on. And then we've got Lucas Family's Italian cooking. So much good food in this book. Was that purposeful? Are you a foodie yourself?
1: <laughs> I don't think I realized how much I wrote about food <laughs> in all of my books until it comes up a lot. Um, but I think probably I think my um the inclusion of so much food for me is that food is very much a thing to connect with people over. Mm. Um, it's very nostalgic for me in that like I associate good food with certain memories, and I think especially in the holiday season you know peppermint chocolate gingerbread pumpkin it's all it for me it invokes a certain sense of like holiday and togetherness and like so I think I relied heavily on food associated with like good feelings and good memories Mm -hmm. with Luca's family they very much connect with food as a family I don't know I just I don't I definitely didn't realize when I was writing it how much food there is um, and then one gal on Instagram, like made a reel with all the mentions of food. And I was like, whoa, I've read a lot of it.
0: <laughs> I need to go and find this video. <laughs> I um, but I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed reading all the the bits about food and I felt like it made the book even more of a sensory experience because you talk so much in the book about like you know the the detail is so rich you know we have things we get a really good feel for tastes and smells and um you know like visuals like the way that snow is falling or the way that like the light looks outside and you know you really give like this full sensory experience and I think that's that's just so much about your talent as a writer and I find that really important to feel properly immersed in the world as a reader and I feel like yeah you did that. <laughs> Thank
1: you. I, I, when I was writing some when I get stuck and I'm writing sometimes I just try to like picture exactly where the character is and what they're doing and what they're feeling and what they're experiencing um, so it's helpful for me to touch on all those points you know. Totally now the
0: one thing that i want to ask is um would you want
1: this book to be adapted i actually i get this question a lot and of course i would like i would <laughs> i would probably explode and die if i got to go to a place that even looks like lovelight farms um I'd love that it's outside of my hands, but it would be really cool. Like, it would just be really cool to see, you know, like a set of it, you know, or mm-hmm. even like, just like pretend that it's a real place. I would, I would love that, but.
0: I would love that.
1: I... <laughs> let's let, let's us let know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put this out there that um, we want this series. We want this. It would be a good series. I think, you know, we can have each season for each book. Let's. It, yeah.
1: All right. <laughs> I yes let's just like speak it into being
0: yeah and you know i'm also just going to flag that i i am an actor yes i'm based in the uk but my agent wouldn't be p- opposed to me flying out to the us to I'm not, see you, <laughs> i will happily be be uh, a worker on the on the christmas tree farm to be a part of this this masterpiece like, i just think it would be incredible i am already fully envisioning this being adapted is there anything that you want to speak about on Love Like Farms that we haven't yet covered? I
1: don't think so. I think we've talked it all through. Like, it's it's so wonderful for me this time of year to, like, see new readers come in and, like, experience it and then, like, go through each season with with each of the couples. But it's just... I never expected for any of this to happen, mm-hmm. and it's so wonderful to connect with people about something that I created for me to feel mm-hmm. good, and to have that expand and welcome so many other people. It's been really lovely for me.
0: I can imagine, and uh, one thing I've just thought that I did want to touch on is, of course, it is you know now the end of November, and we are coming up to the holiday season as you call it in America I'm trying to be cool but it's it's obviously coming up to Christmas time and I am like a little Christmas elf and I get very excited by like the first of November it doesn't take much what is your <laughs> own relationship to to Christmas and the holiday season like do, are, you a, are you a huge fan of it
1: oh absolutely I when I told my family I'd written a book um because I was like just doing it myself I didn't tell anyone about it and then I told them I wrote this book I'm gonna self-publish it it's about a Christmas tree farm. And the first thing my brother said was like, of course it is. because <laughs> I am a bit of a Christmas night. November 1st in my house, as soon as Halloween's done, the trees are up, the garlands up, the stockings yes. up. My daughter's wearing her Rudolph pajamas to bed every night. Like we are very much a holiday household. My husband, God bless him, always tries to hold strong until December 1st. However, me and my daughter overrule the situation. And I just, I love it. There's something just so like, no matter the state of the world and what's happening, I feel like when there's Christmas, it's something to like, something nostalgic and magical and feels good. And like, you tap into memories from when you were a kid. And now that I have a family and a little girl, it's making memories for her. Yeah that she'll carry with her and that's so special and magical and so I I find it very much it's a happy place it's a good place so I'm lights are up trees up
0: November I'm 1. so jealous I need some tips because my boyfriend is just like we are waiting until the 1st of December and I'm like are you joking oh, no. like come on and there's a there's a garden center that's not too far from here and there's a, there's a big thing about like garden centers in the uk and how like they they light up for christmas and they have these all like incredible like christmas displays and they have like loads of christmas food and they have just like loads going on and i see every single year people posting about these garden centers on social media and i've wanted to go for so long and i said to him we need to go to this garden center and he's like why do you want to go so bad and I'm like listen like <laughs> what do you have against joy <laughs> like, truly what do you have against like why are you so opposed to this I was like can you stop being a Grinch for like two minutes and just come to this garden center with me so that I can feel like immersed in the Christmas spirit please
1: <laughs> and I changed all the radio settings in our car to like all the Christmas channels. <laughs> And my husband got in the car, and it was like some Christmas song comes on, and my daughter's in the back, like in her seat, boogieing to it. And my husband just looked at me he goes, Really? I'm like, What? Like, if, <laughs> let me, let me, no, I will say my husband and I have been together for 13 years. So you might have, it might be a slow grind over time, as I have achieved with my husband. I think every year it's like one day back. Yeah. I think at one point it was at December 1st, but I have since that worn changed. him down.
0: We're at five and a half years, so I'm like, when is the penny going (laughs) to drop for him that I am just going to be an elf as soon as it hits midnight on the 1st of November? Like, that is... (laughs) it's like game over like i defrost like mariah carey does like there's no (laughs) now it has been so lovely speaking to you um i'm so pleased that you've come on and it's been such a joy chatting about love like farms and as i've said like i just think so many of our listeners will love this book it is just such a feel good festive read you know there's so much in there that that I feel like any reader would love you know like I said there's there's romance in there but there's also like beautiful explorations of family and of community and I just think all of those things are so important right now and it's so important to have these books that you can escape into when the world is just a bit of a mess. So I'm so grateful that you wrote this book and and I'm so excited to, to read the rest of the series. Before I let you go, I want
1: to know what romance authors have inspired you. So many, goodness. I think Kennedy Ryan is spectacular. She writes emotion and romance and vulnerability so well. Chloe Lee is someone I look to a lot she's a dear friend but she writes she knows her character so well and, she, and you just feel like you're hugging them the whole time you're reading their book Jessica Joyce is so talented Emily Henry of course um Allie Hazelwood I'm all inspired by it's just there's no shortage of talent and inspiration in the romance genre right now
0: yeah completely and and I am Going to be adding all of these to my list. And I'm like, okay, Becca's told me this is what I need to read. So I'm going to do it. I have loved chatting to you. I love reading this book. As I've already said, I've not asked for recommendations. Very importantly, my listeners will be very upset with me. What recommendations do you have for us today?
1: Okay, I'm going to do holiday themed. So we'll be Gorgeous. On. Let's have it. <laughs> I just read A Risk Worth Taking by Jessica Joyce. Holiday themed. Loved it. It's a novelette. So it's really short. You can crush it quickly. Um, <laughs> the Mistletoe Motive by Chloe Lise is delightful. Also a novelette, I think. I read Wreck the Halls by Tessa Bailey, which was super, super fun. And then I'm looking at my bookshelf. Oh, A Merry Little Me Cute by Julie Murphy and Sierra Simone was really fun for me too
0: amazing oh there's just so many good recommendations thank you (laughs) and thank you so much for coming on to a pair of bookends for our listeners love like farms is out now and published by pam mcmillan you can buy it now and i'll be popping a link in the show notes to buy yourselves a copy i believe we can access the first 3 is that right mm-hmm. and then the fourth one when will that be out in the uk
1: that will be out in june in the uk
0: amazing i'm so excited um but also i'm glad that there's going to be a bit of a break so that i don't rush through <laughs> them all <laughs>
1: Is there anything else that
0: you'd like to plug before I let you go?
1: I don't think so. Um, I hope if if you if you do visit Love Light, I'd love to know what you think. You can find me on Instagram at author BK Borson. That's where I am most often, but um same username across social platforms. But I'd love to chat with you if you ever want to chat.
0: Incredible. Thank you so much for for coming on to a pair of bookends.
1: It's been an absolute joy. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. <laughs>